Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning and Merry Christmas, everyone. Got my Christmas tie on. Some one of you may have sent this to me. So whoever did, thank you. Uh, I don't remember ordering this one. So I think someone sent it to me in the mail probably many months ago, if not a year plus. Thank you for that. Uh, this is going to be a shorter word today. I do have a word of the Lord for you, and it's going to be a little bit off the beaten path, but uh, I had mentioned on the uh, show that I'm going to be talking about real estate and what God's telling you about that. A uh, quick reminder, by the way, uh, this is this is we're recording this on Wednesday. You will see this on Friday. So it's Wednesday the 21st, but you'll see it on Friday the 23rd. Uh, that will be the last show before Christmas, of course, and then there will be, because of Christmas, there will be no show on Monday at all. And then Johnny Enlow comes back on Tuesday. So there you have it. So, all right, I'm going to jump right in here. And um, any one of you that have, that feel like you would love to own a house, you, you've always prayed to own a home, or you used to own a home and then then you got stuck and you lost it all, this, this show is for all of you and anyone else uh, beyond that. God has, uh, for 2023, there's going to be many, many, many of you who are watching right now who will be homeowners for the first time in this next year 2023 and some of you will even own more homes and some of you will have a whole different outlook on occupying as cat has said many many times that this is a time to occupy johnny enlow as well we're we're into this for the long haul we're going to be here for decades and decades and decades it's time to to dig in and uh, make roots and some of you have have been um sojourning and, and going from here to there and you've never found home god's going to give many of you home uh this year so here let me uh, this was very interesting because only a couple hours ago no one knew i was going to do this except i might have said i'm going to do something on real estate if someone happened to hear that so a couple of hours ago i get this email through our customer service department from a girl i'll just say woman her name is tyla or tila t-i-l-a i'll just say her first name Check this out. She says, thank you for the education I'm receiving each week with the guests on your show. Your show has changed my life. I was homeless listening to you and the others kept my faith. I now have a house I'm renting and hope to own. She didn't know we were going to do a program on that today, but God did. And God confirmed the word through that's that, to me. That's a sign that make you wonder, you know, that how did he do that? You know, she put it in her heart to tell us that and put it in the right person's heart to send it to me in time, no one knowing that that would literally be part of what we're going to do today. So um, in order to tell the story complete, and, and what I'm going to do is uh, give you scriptures and other stories from the Lord and from our life that's going to prove the point that I've just said. So the the, the primary prophetic word I just released, it, you're going to be owners of homes, many, 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 many of you in 2023 for the first time. So um, my story goes way back to when I was only, I'm 67 this year. We were fairly newlyweds. I was 25, 26 by the time I was 26 years old, 26 and 27. Uh, I was flowing and going in it. I was doing business. I owned eight pieces of property and we, I developed a small subdivision. It was all drawn up by the civil engineer uh, it was going to be built on pretty soon, and uh, some of you may know that about 1981, interest rates started going and going and going. I don't, I don't remember when it started, but I looked it up 
overnight to see because what I remembered was 18% mortgage. So you think, well, right now it's almost between 7 8% if you, if you got a mortgage today. And some people say, how will we afford that? Well, it wasn't 8 it wasn't 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It was 18.45% in 1981. That was when our first daughter was born is, uh, in 1981. Now she's married with two kids and been married 10 years. So that's that was a long time ago. But the real estate market had been skyrocketing. So everybody was buying real estate. Everybody was developing real estate um, and I had those eight pieces of property for about another 12 months. And in those 12 months, because of the interest, people couldn't sell anything. They couldn't buy anything that required financing. They couldn't borrow. It just was unaffordable and it had its intended effect. The intended effect was we're going to destroy business and home ownership and everything until this inflation gets under control. Ronald Reagan was president there. I don't know if he had any control over that back then or not, but. Um, so in that one year period between 80 and 82 or a year and a half in there, I lost every single one of those properties, including the home we lived in. And our two cars were towed away one at a time. So uh, it was a very, very, very hard time. And I remember questioning. That was a period of time when I was my wife and I had had an encounter with the Lord right then, right at that time we had an encounter. And God began to change our life and heart. And, and as if it felt like as if, God, what are you doing this to us for? Right when we're falling in love with you and really getting to know you, we're losing everything. Um, I remember calling the 700 Club one day. I thought, someone, I got to talk to somebody. I called the 700 Club. I'd only done it one time in my life. And I called them and I said, I've lost everything. Everything that I've ever had has all been taken away. I said, I'm trying to follow follow the Lord, and I don't understand what's happening. I've given up everything for him. And this lady, I'll never, maybe I'll meet her in heaven one day. I don't know who it was, of course. And she said, well, Steve, it sounds like you've given up everything except your reputation. I go, oh, man, don't. So now i got to give him that because, you know, we had found the Lord, and we wanted people around us to see how prosperous we were or how God's favor was on us or whatever. And she says, well, you've given him everything, but maybe you haven't given him your reputation. So trust me, the reputation went. And we, we started hearing rumors um, from family members, through family members, and another family member said, well, it's so hard to watch Stephen Dream deteriorate before our eyes because of their decisions, because they believed we had left the church of our youth. And what we had done is found the church of our youth. Um, they believed we had left that denomination, and now we were uh, now we were going to end up in their, that particular theology was they expect some a lot of those people who leave that denomination to end up being drunk in gutters, drunks in the gutter because they left the true teachings of that church. So it was a tough time. All right. So now how do I where do I want to take you? Let me give you a scripture, a couple of scriptures here, um, maybe just one. And then I'm going to tell you the story part two of it, which is pretty interesting. Proverbs 13 says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the hands of the righteous. That is so pregnant with meaning. So I'm giving you this as a sort of a down payment of what I'm going to teach, that God is saying it is in his heart and in his mind and in his thoughts that righteous people will prosper. You will have an inheritance, not only just an inheritance, 
but inheritance to give to your children's children. That's a major uh, inheritance. And normally in the inheritance they go, that inheritances tend to be passed down by property. And so it is in God's heart to provide that for his people. It's in his mind and heart. So, well, let's fast forward. So let me go fast forward almost 20 years later. Uh, the, the Elijah list began to be um, growing in 1997 in about two years. Um, how do I, where do I want to see this? Yeah, about a year after, well, no, two years after that, uh, we, I had to have a job. Uh, the Elijah list was just started. It wasn't hardly bringing any dollars in yet or any donations. So I needed to get a job. I got a job two, two hours south from where we had lived almost a decade down in the area where we now live in, and I got a job working for a computer company, actually was a friend of mine. And I had to communicate for six months, uh, not communicate, a uh, commute, had to drive to work and back, so I would stay two or three days in town and go back home two hours and did that for six months. It was very, very hard on it, but we were trying to find a property that we could afford, and since I'd been working for a couple months, there was some money. It was a real, that 20 year, years that I'm skipping were, were 20 hard, hard years of recovering from that loss and all the credit that was destroyed and all that. So I'm we're, the, the Elijah list has started, and we had one desire was to find a house that we could rent. We were renting. We'd always rented in those 20 years. We never owned another thing because of our credit was so destroyed and it would follow us. And then it would be seven more years, you know. So uh, we, as we moved, uh, as we were getting ready to move, we, we tried to find a house to rent here and we wanted to buy our daughter a horse. She had just graduated from high school. We thought if we could just afford a horse to, you know, the kids had prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, uh, give us a house in the country religiously and not spiritually and with faith, they would pray for years, give us a house in the country. We always, They always wanted that. Their oldest daughter was graduating from high school but still living at home. So I couldn't find anything. There was no properties available of any kind that we wanted, much less in the country. My boss at the time said, Steve, why don't you do this? Just place an ad in the paper that, that says you're looking, what you're looking for. And I thought, well, I've never heard of that, but okay, he's my boss. I'll respect him and I'll do that. Place this ad, said Christian businessman, family relocating to the area, looking for a house, property big enough to put a horse on. That was the ad. Nobody called except one person called. Of the whole, it ran a week, no one called. One person called. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the end of the story. I'm sitting in that house right now, 20 years, 23 years later. But here's the story. We wanted to rent this house. And so we, we, uh, uh, we, we came out here and they said, well, we've got, you know, you know, I don't know. It might be too big for you. I call them on the phone. They said, it is 20 acres. And we do have two pet donkeys that we need to stay with the house. And I'm sitting there going, are you kidding in my heart? 20 acres and there's already livestock that's just a, a pet a miniature two pet miniature donkeys thanks for listening the elijah streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner go to elijahstreams.com slash give mandy and you're no i want to say Yuria because i renamed it anyway mandy was one of the horse anyway so the kids were jazzed we came out here to the one ad that was placed and the lady that was the homeowner was trying to sell us on coming in and renting this home. And we, if she had known how close 
we worked at not being able to afford the rent. She would have never done that. Thank God she didn't. She didn't check our credit because it was still hurting from it. It had followed us all the way through. And so we, we moved into this house and have loved it, loved it. Now, here's the story. So a couple of years into that, I go to a conference. James Gall and I are doing a conference. It was one of our first together, early days of the Elijah list. And he, he calls me from the front. And he says, Steve Schultz, there's a word of the Lord for you, that there's an inheritance coming to you uh, from the fourth generation on your mother's side. And I thought, my mother's side? And I mean, no, no disrespect when I say this, but my mother's side were all poverty-stricken people. There was no one that prospered. And anyone that I'd ever met on my mother's side, they were all very uneducated, you know. You know, And I, again, I mean, no disrespect, but there was just poverty, 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 poverty. And my mom had kind of broken out of that. She was the one in her family. But so I came back and I started doing some, um, I didn't know what else to do. How, what am I supposed to cooperate with that somehow? I started doing some ancestry type work and finding out who my mother's relatives are. And by one method or another, I ended up finding an actual relative of my mother's in this area. Well, no one was in Oregon. I'm in Oregon. No one on either of our families had lived in Oregon. I had, I was actually born in Oregon, but then whew, I was raised in California. It was a quick stop. My dad had a short-term job there and then we were in California, but there was no one that stayed in Oregon on my mom's side or my dad's side. So we're here in Oregon and, and, and I, I find out that there's a guy his name was George Russell Chase. I'll just even say the name. It doesn't matter. It's long. He's long ago passed away. Had long ago died by the time I found this name. Well, it turns out that we began to make payments, and the the, the owners were happy with our rental payment. Then they well, then we went into a lease for a year or two, and then now we're four or five years into this, and we began to make a negotiations to buy this house from the owners. And James Gall had given that word a few months before that, and I had done all my research, and I'd found this George Russell Chase thing, and I, I didn't know what to do with it, but we're sitting here at this table that I'm at now, and we're closing the deals, farmers to the, to the new farmers. We're going to buy this house for, starting on contract, uh, and then we, then we would go into full uh, grant deed ownership later, which we did. But as I'm closing, and I tell them the story about that I found out someone related to our family was in Oregon. And it was surprising to me because it wasn't, it was like 20 miles away in a different city. And she said, well, what was his name? And she said, and I said, well, George Russell Chase was his name. He's long ago died, of course. Um, and she said, my goodness, Steve, the Chases were very prominent members in this community. They are the ones that finance the farm that you're buying right now. They were the far, they had financed the farm. I literally took over the financing and paid off. I don't know for sure how the finances worked, but they had, they had uh, given the original loan for the farm. The farm was actually larger than the 20, but we got the 20. So he financed the, our, our, the Chase family financed this whole hundreds of acres around us as well. And I was just stunned that God would so do that because no relative, and I, you know, I finally ran, tracked it down through my mom, and she said, we never knew what happened to that relative, George Russell Chase. He was in the family. Suddenly, he disappeared. No one ever heard from him again. No one ever knew what happened to him. 
And here he was, he became members of the pro prominent member of the Chase family here. Was, I mean, his name was Chase. And, and then they end up financing the farm. Now, that was the one, one guy told me to place an ad, which we did. One person in the ad called and said, how would you like to look at this property? One prophet said, you're going to have a, an inheritance coming from the fourth generation on your mother's side. And here I was participating in a miracle of God. I'm telling you that story to build up the faith. I had lost everything. We had lost everything, and the bad credit had filed, filed, followed us for for 20 years. Now our credit's great, you know, because you can clean it up in those next 23 years, so we have wonderful credit. But uh, God did that miracle. How did he do that? You know, how in the world did he make that all happen? And and James Gullah, my hat will always be off to him for that was an incredibly risky word. How what would how would that ever come true? I'm here to tell you God wants to work that kind of miracle for you. It won't look like mine. It probably look 10 times better than mine. Your miracle stories and what God will do, someone's going to be given a house. Someone's going to be given a down payment for a house. Someone's going to inherit a house. Someone's going to not know about a relative that had an inheritance and they're going to give them $150,000 cash. All of these things are going to happen and they'll be different for every single person. This homeless woman, I just pray and prophesy over her to get either the house that she is in or or another one, Tyla. I don't know how you say it, Tila or Tyla. Um, but I just prophesy real estate, real estate. You know, and, and um, it's funny that name, real estate, it's not there for no reason. It's called a real estate. If you want to have an inheritance to pass down to your children's children, you tend to have to have a real estate. So that's property. God wants us to have property. Well, I'm not going to go on for a lot longer, but I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to also build the case. Some of you might say, well, man, I don't know, Steve, this is a, I feel like we're captive. We're at, we're at, we've been taken over by an evil deep state. Uh, we're almost under judgment by God. Surely this would not be a time that you're telling us to, that we should buy real estate or that we should look to own real estate. So here's Israel going into captivity, having just been taken into captivity. They're under judgment. They're basically prisoners in another country. They're prisoners in another country. Uh, but they have apparently home. Uh, they have rights, um, but they've been taken out of their own country. Here's, here's what uh, Jeremiah says. This is Jeremiah 29.4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So they're in Babylon captivity. The prophet continues, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too will have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. That's Babylon. They're saying, seek the peace and prosperity of Babylon, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for Babylon, because if it, Babylon, prospers, you too will prosper. I mean, that's just like a crazy scripture. So there's really no scriptural basis for saying, these are serious times, Steve. This is not the time to do the Yes, scripturally, this is the time to build, set roots, marry, give in marriage, raise your family, raise grandchildren, and on. 
Then you have this one in the pro uh, promised land scripture. So many of you are saying, no, I see we're coming into the promised land. These are good years ahead, but I don't, but maybe we don't have too many years left. So at least we're in the, in the promised land. Here's what Deuteronomy 6, 10 says. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, the promised land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would give to you a land with great and splendid cities that you did not build. People of you are going to be given houses that you didn't build. I have vineyards out in front of me that I didn't plant. They're the neighbors. They're, they're renting my property to put on vineyards. I have vineyards on 365 degrees, uh, 360 degrees around me. I didn't build. Now, they're not mine. The land is mine. But uh, one day, maybe I'll buy the rest. We'll see. But he says, a, a land with great and splendid cities that you did not build, with houses full of every good thing which you did not fill them with, with wells that you did not dig, and with vineyards and olives that you did not plant. And when you eat and are satisfied, be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So whether you feel like we're going into slavery, buy and build. Whether you feel like this is the promised land, buy and build. And then I'll just leave you with this one last scripture, which is the very famous prayer of Jabez. It was, it was really making the circles a, a decade or two ago, 15 years ago. Uh, people were buying the prayer of Jabez, Jabez, this little book booklet, because it was so instructive for our time. And it still is. It says, Jabez was, so, for some reason, it says the scripture, he was more honorable than his brothers. Why was he honorable? It says, now Jabez, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And we can only imagine, if he had to be named, it must have been severe pain for him to get that name. So Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That's more real estate. That's what that's saying, that you would enlarge the real estate that I own, the property that I own that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I, that I may not cause pain. He didn't want to cause any more pain than he caused his mother, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So the uh, um, word of the Lord is plan to build, settle, expand, have children, grandchildren. We're going to be here for Catacena over 100 years in the future. We have to build and, and populate and and that scripture I read when they were in captivity even, which we're not going into, when they were in captivity, God said, do not decrease, increase. So, um, you know, I came from the 70s where people were saying, well, I better not have children because the rapture is going to come. I think those on this list have heard Kat and others say, roll up your rapture rug. We're going to be here. We're going to occupy and do kingdom work because Five out of every seven people on the face of, earth, of the earth have not even heard the gospel yet. It's 7.58, maybe 8 billion now. So it might be two and a half billion are believers and the rest have not even heard the gospel. So we're going to be here. We've got work to do. you got property to own and inheritance to have. Uh, pray for those those inheritance to come in. Do, do whatever feels good to you to do to research words you've received, like the one I did. I researched the words. Had I not researched the fourth generation on my mother's side, I would probably still own this house, but it wouldn't be nearly as fun to know the story. So have some fun with the words God's giving you. All right, everybody, Merry Christmas. So again, this is Friday for you. No show on Monday and Tuesday is when Johnny and Lo will be back. 
Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you. See you again. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.